Welcome to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. I am your host, Mitch Michaels, and as always, I thank you for listening to this sports podcast as we just keep moseying along now, officially episode 268 in the series, and it's NFL Draft Week, a lot to discuss about the big day in my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio. Talking to my buddy Anthony Germain, we worked together many moons ago at the NFL Network. He's got some draft talk and some draft takes to uh, talk about as we look at who the Niners will take at the three pick with Wilson and Lawrence at one, Wilson at two being the guys uh, ahead of him. What the Niners are going to do, where Fields and Trey Lance will go, just the other picks as well in that first round. It's going to be exciting. He's got his Eagles takes. I've got some thoughts on the Browns. And then uh, a surprise at the end of the show you're not going to want to miss. But Anthony Germain on the Money Mitch Effect to talk NFL Draft. Let's start the show. All right, huge time on the Money Mitch Effect. It's NFL Draft Preview. Not an official mock draft, but we're going to break down the 2021 event held in Cleveland. My hometown, and I got a, uh, a Dirty Bird Eagle fan on the line. It's Anthony Germain coming in to talk NFL Draft with me. Been about a year since we last talked on this show, so Anthony, welcome back to the Money Mitch Effect. Wow, thank you. You can to introduce me as a Dirty Bird? I don't know about that. Well, I, it, it could have been a lot worse. Let's just say that. It I haven't talked to you in worse. a year, and you're going to introduce me as the Dirty Bird. You're yeah. lucky. I'm lucky that this draft's in Cleveland. I keep forgetting that, but that is that's pretty cool for the uh, for the city of Cleveland, huh? Yeah, it's very very cool, and it's very weird that we're kind of on opposite ends of this draft. This is the first draft where I really don't. I'm not as tuned in with the top ten, top eight really picks like I would be right. normally because the Browns aren't drafting that high this year. Uh, likewise, I thought the Eagles were going to draft high, but then they made a trade and, and got out of the top ten, which we're going to get into. But first things first. Uh, congrats on making it to as we record this Tuesday. Because after what Kyle Shanahan said, I thought we were all going to be dead by now. <laughs> yeah, I saw that the other day. What a crazy thing to say! <laughs> I know, it's he's like, kind he's... of borderline psychopath at this point. I know. Like, like I he's get... going out, he's going yeah. out on a whim, and he's he they trade up all these picks, and we'll get into this. But and then they tell everybody they're going to get Mac Jones pissing off the fan base, and now he's telling people that they might not be alive come Sunday. Like, <laughs> what's going on in San Fran? I know it's like take it easy, psycho. Uh, he's what like forty one <laughs> years old. Maybe this is the crisis. You know, maybe he'll he'll have a Harley or something. You know, be wearing his hat backwards all season. This could yeah, be... he almost he almost is uh, he almost has a Dennis Reynolds uh, story arc. Where character development going on i think you know yeah i don't know what the implication <laughs> is of the niners draft choice but there's there's some real ones there well it's fitting because every year in the draft anthony we, we get to this point and we always want to say when does the draft really start and this year it's pick three it's been you know in that range before but what we know is trevor lawrence one going to the jags zach wilson mm-hmm. two going to the jets was that shocking to you at any point in the draft buildup? Do you think one of those teams might regret it? Walk me through what you think going on in this 1-2 pretty much being a lock as we're waiting for pick three to really get the draft going. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we all knew Trevor Lawrence since he was a freshman at Clemson. You know, that's all we've heard for the last, what has it been, was he's three, three years, years there, right? Yeah, three years. Yeah, so, we, you know, we've heard Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, so that's expected. I mean, if the Jaguars want to get cute and take like Zach Wilson, I, I just think that would be foolish at this point. Just because even if Trevor Lawrence somehow does bust in the NFL, they can't really fault themselves here. 
you know, no one's going to regret it. No one's going to regret being like, wow, why did you do that? Like everybody. Right. Exactly. And I think, and I think Jacksonville's even selling, uh, Lawrence presale jerseys. And, uh, I (laughs) think, I think he's already like helping out with charities in in the Jacksonville area and whatnot. So that's a, you know, that's a foregone thing right there. Zach Wilson though is interesting because I remember watching college football, a little college football this year. And, you know, everybody was the, the the Zach Wilson hype was building, and I'm like, oh, this guy, you know, BYU, like, you know, he's just another like hot commodity. Everybody's you know drooling over, but you know, the more I watched him and the more I listened to some of these guys on online and on TV, it's just like, wow, yeah, you watch him, he's so fluid, and he, he like when he releases the ball, he looks just like Rogers. You know, I'm not saying he's as good as Rogers or going to be as good as Rogers, but the way he plays is very Rogers esque. And uh, yeah, I see it. And if I'm the Jets, I'm honestly taking him. I have even gotten to the point where I think he's the best quarterback in this draft. That's not very outlandish, and I don't know that I'd have that same reaction to you. You know, even a couple months ago. But what mm-hmm. I think's happened here is you watch the tape and you watch the pro day. It sounds almost sacrilegious. Wilson can make more throws than Trevor Lawrence can. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to be a better quarterback, but just arm, arm, I would say strength, but definitely the variety of throws he had, similar to a Rodgers. Wilson has that advantage for sure with me. Yeah, and he's just, he to me at least, he's just more fluid. Like, you watch him, he's, you know, he's loose, the flick of the wrist, whereas mm-hmm. I like Lawrence, but, you know, is he a little too tall? He's he's kind of got like a long stride when he throws at times. But you know that's just kind of yeah. Nitpick. We're really nit. We we're, we're really nitpicking Trevor because he's been there so long and been deserved the hype for so long. The bigger issue with this, and this will segue into the Niners at three trading all those picks up to take a quarterback. Which one of the three remaining is it going to be? But you can tie in Zach Wilson to this. It's really hard. You know, it's it's a catch twenty two of comparisons because one on one hand it's oh you played for a small conference team whether that's FCS or a BYU that doesn't have the the schedule that is going to be playing tough competition or it's you're Justin Fields you're Mac Jones and you have all the talent around you and you're not that good and you're, you might not be that good because everything everybody around you just makes you look good. That's why I think right. it's so hard to really evaluate quarterbacks you know just by game film and just by what teams they play. Because how, how can you know whether a player is getting made to look better by the great supporting cast? Or, on the flip side, maybe they're just not doing it against great competition. The, my, my point to all this is that there's really, you know, we're going to have to see to find out. Like, we're going to have to see in that NFL competition with a bad team, presumably with the Jets or, you know, the Falcons or the Niners. And, you know, we'll just have to see how these players look. But I think it's tough either way because... On each hand, you just don't know what they're going to look like on that NFL rookie as an NFL rookie on a new roster. Right, and to your point, if you actually take a look at all the quarterbacks that have made the playoffs, you know, this last year, none of them come from these big power schools like in Alabama or in Ohio State. You know, you look at somebody like Patrick Mahomes, Texas Tech. You look like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and and, and I mean Brady at Michigan, like he had a good run there, and I know he's the goat, and it's hard to hard to compare. I, I yeah, get what Lamar you're, Jackson, yeah. Louisville, uh, Josh Allen up in Buffalo. You know, Wyoming quarterback, not great competition, mm-hmm. but it seems like the quarterbacks that thrive at these small schools, even if they're not paying, playing competition. They're the ones that seem to be thriving. There are the bus from those small schools too, and just to be you know clear with everything. Mitch there. Trubisky, so it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, no, I mean it, it's a it's an interesting thing to evaluate. Now the Niners make that trade up to three, and mm-hmm. and you know all those picks, three first round picks, they're all the way up there. 
everybody knows it's a quarterback. Like, I love Kyle Pitts. I think he's going to be great. You don't trade up to three to get him. Like, you just don't. No, not a tight end. It's not what you do. So it's the quarterback. And now the question is, well, the question was, is it Justin Fields, who was rumored to be in the top two before his, you know, subpar for his standards college season? Now he's Mm -hmm. not even in consideration. There's the Lance Mac Jones debate. And I'll just start with this, Anthony. Whoever they have, they fall in love with. They trade three first-round picks. If he gives you great success on the field, no one will ever care about this moment ever again. You know, mm-hmm. and then and that's what the that's that's the toughest part of this. You have to nail this. It's very similar to you know the move up when the when Washington traded up to get RG three. It didn't work out, but at the time it was we believe this is the guy. Then okay, we go get it. So. I, I think that this debate, it's fascinating. A, a lot of people on the outside might not agree, but at the end of the day, if, if they land this pick, no one will care how many picks you gave up to get him. Right, and I think that, you know, I think you and I are on the same page here. I think it is Mac Jones. Um, yeah. And I don't think that it's obvious that the Niners fans don't like this pick. It's not a sexy pick at all. But, if you know, the, the more you watch Mac Jones, and this goes back to even what we were just talking about, you know, he played at a big school and was successful. And it is the question, is it the talent around him where he can make these throws a lot easier? But going to a system like Kyle Shanahan's offense in that San Francisco 49ers offense with a Brandon Ayuk and a Debo Samuel and a strong running game, it's perfect, actually. It actually makes a lot of sense. I think Shanahan is maybe the best play caller in football. If not, he's in the top three. Mm-hmm. Um so and this, I see the problem with Trey Lance yeah. with Kyle Shanahan. They might like him. I think the scouting department well, likes him more than Shanahan. Well, that, that's the I, think, part, I think one yeah. of the problems is that like you have a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo who has a hard time staying healthy. And you know they say the best availability the best availability is a you know, oh, you the best it. ability is availability. Uh, and I feel like if he gambles with a running quarterback like Trey Lance, that window of or opportunity of being injured again is is greatly he he has a higher chance of getting hurt is what i'm trying to say i i agree i just look if if there's a disagreement between kyle shanahan and the scouting department kyle shanahan is getting his quarterback like oh yeah that's, that's the shanahan's from the niners <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's that's what's <laughs> happening right. i here's my thought process on i, I agree it's going to be mac jones my thought on the matter is i do think Look, I'm, I'm an Ohio State fan. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. But I do agree that there is a drop-off after Zach Wilson. Absolutely. It's 1-2, yeah. and then at that point, it's a lot tougher. I think, the I, issue, I think Shanahan identified Mac Jones as a guy for his system that could put up great results and be the guy long-term. But how crazy is it that they gave up all those draft picks? Like, to that's, get that's but honestly, thing. if they like, stayed you, at 12, yeah. mm-hmm. would he have been there? There's that QB arms race, right? And I go back to 20, what year was that? 2011, Cam Newton, where all of a sudden, you know, well, Blaine Gabbert, OJ Clocker, and then Christian Ponder's a top 12 pick. I mean, there, there's yeah. always the sense of, and, and that could be what happens at pick four and beyond. But did so, they have to go up to three? I don't think so. What I would tell you, That's... what I would tell you is they were probably going to have to make a trade to get him, but do you do it, do you do it other than draft night? I don't know. Because some of the best draft day trades, draft day moves have been, and some of the worst for sure, have been seeing a player slide a little bit and then swooping in to get him. So, right. But I and it, it basically is, was a three-way yeah. trade between the Niners, Dolphins, and Eagles. Because yeah. I was just going to say, why wouldn't they just trade with the Eagles to go up to six? They could probably get him at six. But it's, it was interesting how that whole trade uh, unfolded. I don't. 
I, I think we could start with Trey Lance first. He he hasn't had the snaps, and I think the biggest issue to me isn't even isn't even the FCS thing. It's the fact that there is a track record now in recent memory of players that don't have a lot of starts coming into the NFL and playing horrible. And it's not just oh yeah. State. You know, Sanchez even was supposed to be one of the better ones. I think and, Mitch, I think Mitch Trubisky was that way too. Yeah, Trubisky is the is the prime example, but it's not just him. I mean, a lot of guys that don't get that job until late in their career, it just kind of hasn't happened for them. So, I see that more as I don't want to say a project, but depending on where he falls, I think the best thing for Trey Lance would be not to start year one. <laughs> I know it's hard to hard to just make well, that you, proclamation, but that's what I would. You probably could say do. the same thing about uh, Mac Jones. He's only played. I think he's played just as many True. games as Trey Lance. But yeah. I think the difference is from what I'm he understanding. He had one of the best yard. Yeah, it been one of the best yard seasons in college football history. <laughs> so I mean, and yeah. Jones actually played last year, where we haven't seen Trey Lance yeah. on the field in over a year. So yeah, he played after Tua got hurt last year. The last, I think, what three or four games of the season. I know the sample size is low with him. Uh, the Justin Fields factor of this, I I understand why he's why he slipped in the draft based on his college season. It's no different than other college football players that don't mm-hmm. have great you know senior seasons or junior seasons, and their draft stock takes a hit. It wasn't great for him. Now, I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses, but when you play a seven-game season, you, you don't have the ebbs and flows in a normal year. There were some really bad games by him. The Big Ten Championship game was was one of them. But I kept coming back to that was only about game six in their campaign. So is right. that you know it, what what does that mean? What would he have done with a full campaign? I don't know. Um, I think he is NFL-level good. But the thing, but the factor remains. I mean, the team that traded up for him. I don't think the slip has anything to do with other other things. At least until we see how far he goes. But the Niners traded up with a different type of quarterback in mind. So that's that's what this is. If it was a different team at three, I think Fields could go there. I don't think this. You know, this is very fluid, like we know. We we have one and two the same. Some people have two over one in Wilson over Lawrence. But three to five is a toss up. It's who do you prefer? I actually would right. like Fields long term over the other two quarterbacks, but it's not a lock, and I don't I don't necessarily see greatness in, in any of them. I mean, I could see very yeah. good quality long-term starters, but to guarantee greatness it, for the other three, you just don't know. And it's kind of a shame what's happening with Justin Fields. I think in the past I would agree the whole Ohio State quarterback thing with, you know, um, who? Uh, Haskins. I mean, he lasted yeah, seven games and was cut at a strip club, right? Or was that somewhere else? <laughs> Right, and then uh, you know all these guys are. Uh, I'm, I'm having a hard time grabbing them right now. Um, who was the other Ohio State quarterback? Uh, well, was it JT Barrett or JT um, Barrett? Yeah, JT Barrett was the guy for a lot of years. Cardell Jones, Terrell was Pryor, one. Terrell Pryor, uh, Troy Smith. Right. Yeah. So like, it's a shame that it's a shame that that dark cloud is hanging over him. But I actually do believe that he's different. Like he he has a far greater talent. Than I, any of those I, I, just, I just want to say also, it's hard to group all those guys together. Haskins was the only one that was a complete failure because he's the only one that had a first round grade. I mean, Barrett wasn't, yeah, you know, true. it wasn't, I get, I get the knock and the narrative on it, but you know, at a certain point it's like, okay, we, no one really thought Troy Smith or JT Barrett was going to translate to the NFL. They were low level draft picks. So this could be different. Um, you know, we'll have to see what happens, but Man, I, I don't know. This is going to be shocking. Uh, Anthony, well, now the now the the latest you know breaking developing thing is that Justin Fields can actually slide to the end of the first round, which is actually insane. 
but that's insane. Uh, I don't agree with that. Uh, maybe the draft really does start with four here. Uh, Anthony Germain on the money Mitch effect. The Falcons have the pick. This is where we might disagree because the hot rumor nowadays is nowadays, as I say, this you know, it could change obviously, but Trey Lance to the Falcons at four, four straight quarterbacks going. Is that how you see it? Or do you see something else? No, no, no. I don't see that at all. I think with the Falcons new GM coming over from new Orleans, but I think with the new GM coming over from New Orleans, you know, what did they have last, you know, for the last few seasons? An aging quarterback. And, you know, Matt Ryan is only 35 years old, where, you know, Drew Brees went to how old? Four, yeah, 42. 40s. Right. So I think they're willing to ride with Matt Ryan here for at least, you know, they extended his contract. So for at least another year or two, um, I really see them taking the best talent available on quarterback, and that is Kyle Man, I I really wanted to disagree with you, man, but I can't because that's that's exactly this this smells to me like a little bit of a smoke screen, just a little bit of one. The Trey smoke Lance screen hype, with the tight end or smoke with Trey Lance with... with the Trey Lance talk. This yeah. is I'm just looking at the draft order because you got the Bengals and the Dolphins here at five and six. So you know maybe it maybe a uh, you know it depends how much they like Kyle Pitts too. I think that would be the pick, but maybe they're comfortable moving down if a team's desperate for a QB. Because there's a lot of talent in this draft, and and I agree. I, I think I mean Ryan will be 36, I think, on opening day, but I, I really, I really think that you go Pitts here, or I mean, even if you go line like you know Sewell, even that would be a good pick too. I just don't think you need to address quarterback. Ryan's not terrible, and that team's not exactly contending for Super Bowls in the in the intermediate future. So it just builds your core, and you know you don't need Trey Lance a project at that top five pick. Right, and I think I think I don't think they'll go Sewell or offensive line because the last two years they've spent a lot of draft capital at the offensive line position, and I'm, they, they're looking forward to developing those guys at least. So I do think Pitts is actually the perfect pick because it kind of kills two birds with one stone. They brought in Hayden Hurst last year from Baltimore, didn't really have a great season. You know, he he can help on the line with blocking. So there you go, you get a little blocking, even though you're not getting an offensive lineman, and then you upgrade your tight end position to the max right there. I mean, this guy looks like an incredible talent. Kind of came out of nowhere, to be honest with you. Like, I didn't even I didn't. He's hear amazing. He, he's so, amazing, and, and yeah, and he benefits from the fact that tight ends are are now that hybrid Travis Kelsey mold. Uh, right. You know where <laughs> he doesn't have to be you know hand in the dirt at all. He's even. just. It's a matchup he's just nightmare. Long, man. He's got long arms and he's fast and just it's it's just crazy how he just kind of you know popped up out of that because I don't even think his what his his uh is he a, is he a sophomore or a junior junior yeah yeah his sophomore and season and, and freshman year I don't even think he, he did anything that's spectacular either no his sophomore year he had five touchdowns and six hundred forty nine yards so. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy how some teams thought he would be available late first round when the college football season started, and, and that, that just was not going to happen. Yeah, so I just think he's a perfect fit for them, especially at four with the defensive talent. And, you know, offensive line is deep, so if they want to get an offensive tackle or a guard, they can get one at the top of the second round, next round. Absolutely. Uh, looking at five and six, now we assume that Lance is still on the board, and that might equate in for a slide that might happen for some of these QBs, but... Bengals at five, Dolphins now in the six hole. The Bengals had that, assuming Pitts is off the board. They've got that interesting choice right now between Sewell yeah, and Lyon to help Burrow or get Burrow's old buddy, Jamar Chase, who was the best was the best receiver on his team, a team that included the guy that was the best rookie receiver by a mile, Justin Jefferson, the NFL, the following year. 
So how would you play this one out, Sewell or Chase? And sorry, for so the, again, and sorry again for bringing up Jefferson because, you know, yeah, Eagles yeah. draft picks. Uh, Jalen Rager. Uh, well, we'll see. But, okay. Yeah, we will. <laughs> so to answer your question, I, again, like I just said with the Falcons, I think the, it would. I actually do think it's smartest for the Bengals to take wide receiver Jamar Chase here Ooh. because at the top of the second round will still be great offensive line talent where they can – plug somebody in again yeah he might not be as good as well or or Rashawn Slater from Northwestern but you know Jamar Chase is looking like the next you know premier wide receiver you know it's like how do you pass up on that I'll disagree with you here because I think I, I think Sewell could be generational good and I get why I'm in depth but if you can plug a guy into that position and just have him you know eat up that hole and the Bengals had they just drafted I think Jonah Williams yeah. not too long ago and I think you know they got him plugged in at left tackle and, and I think they would like to see him develop before they throw him either to the right side or into a, a guard position you know it's a tough one I also think that the depth of receivers I mean we it's it's insane really when you think about how many good receivers are coming out each year I mean other than <laughs> the ones the Eagles pick obviously but I mean everybody if <laughs> you can go two as three rounds as long as they're five foot ten and fast, the Eagles will take them. You can look at I think it was Warren Sharp or somebody online's like these are these are the all pro guys. These are the Pro Bowl selections in the last five six years, and mm-hmm. there's more from second and third round on than first round. Yeah, you know, it's and true. I think it just goes to show you that you can find that talent. Now, I'm, I think the Burrow thing might be the reason why I'm wrong here. He could be like, look, this is my guy. I want to play with him. Like, you know, let's let's see what happens, but. I don't know. I mean, he got. I mean, he he had a catastrophic injury last year, and it looks like he's going to be okay. But they need to keep him upright. He looked good when he right. played, and, but they need that. And to your point, actually, it kind of dra- drafting Jamar Chase on the other hand kind of is overkill. It's kind of like when the Cowboys last year drafted C.D. Lamb when they already had Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. We were like, "What are you doing?" Like now, you know, the Bengals have Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, who looked super promising last season. And now you're going to add Jamar Chase, and it's like, is it is this now just a luxury pick over a need on the offensive line? So the other you thing, know, it is, yeah. it is tricky, like you're saying. The other thing I saw is if you really want an LSU receiver, you could probably get his other boy, Terrace Marshall Jr., in the early second round if he's there. You know, or if get, he lasts, I'm yeah. not so sure. He, I don't, I don't know if he makes it to the yeah, second round. Maybe, maybe a little Rondell Moore action or something. I mean, there, there's going to be, there's going to be an option there, and they could trade up, kind of like they did. I think they did that last year to get uh, uh, the since the uh, the Clemson receiver, if I have that right correctly. T. Higgins. T. Higgins. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, yeah, yeah. I think they traded yeah. up a little bit to make that pick, but but either way, I mean, I, I think that there's options at receiver, and, and it's a good it's a good little disagreement we had there. Uh, that that <laughs> would bring us to the Dolphins now. Depending on who's available on your board, it could be a plethora of receivers, could be alignment. Do you think they go with that Alabama, with a Alabama receiver and maybe Devontae Smith here? Um, I do think they go receiver, but you know, I, this is the one team I really can't figure out. Them and our next pick, the Lions. I just I don't really know what they're thinking that board. They have another pick. The Dolphins, I think they have another pick. Yeah, pick eighteen. You know, after six. So what they do first, you know, they might go wide receiver first. I think that is probably the play here, since again. For the third time, the the offensive line talent is deep, so I think they do go wide receiver now. Whether it's Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle or you know. Chase, if he's there too, I mean that's the other thing. Or, if, yeah. if, if Chase right. is there, 
I think it's not overkill for this team. They need all the help they can get at the skill position, <laughs> and and they have right. the first round. Yeah, picks. absolutely. You know, and and Devontae I would say Parker, Devontae yeah. Parker. You know, he had one that one good season, not last year, but the year before. But you know, wasn't anything special this year. Preston, Preston Smith, or Preston Preston Williams. You know, didn't, yeah. hasn't really panned out to be much, and I think they have another scrappy receiver somewhere in there that you know isn't anything. So. Yeah, I think wide receiver is the play here, and they definitely need to upgrade that position. I would say Smith is the guy unless Chase is available because you can't – I mean, reunite duo with his guy is one thing, but if, if, if Chase is there, I think you've got to go with that pick. Um, but maybe it'll be Smith. And, maybe you know, I just – Waddle coming off the injury, I think that seems a little too high for me. I, I also agree that the seven-pick Lions, they're my most confusing one to draft. I've even mm-hmm. seen the thoughts of maybe they go quarterback if they make a fields play here. My thing is, and I don't know what's going to happen, but Dan Campbell literally, literally willing to bite off kneecaps to win a game, which is uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't, I can't figure out that franchise, man. It's like you go from hiring a Matt Patricia and try to do it the New England way to firing him, and now completely the complete opposite of the New England way. It's just like a hell in the cell WWF. I, know. You know? <laughs> I mean, look, as much as I love protein, creatine, even. I would, <laughs> I would say that they're actually in a good, good spot to not draft a quarterback. I mean, I know you nicknamed him before anybody, Jared Goof. But the fact is, they didn't. They got picks back. They're just gonna. I think they should just draft all the young talent, build their roster with the best available players, not go quarterback. They don't need Goff to be good. That trade wasn't about bringing him in. That was about bringing in draft capital. I can unless unless. Um... Uh, now maybe not Justin Fields, but unless like for some reason Zach Wilson or something like that falls, there's I don't I can't see them taking quarterback at all. Um, yeah, you just I let think, you let golf go out there golf. and you see what happens. And I think the pick here for them is wide receiver. You know they lost Kenny Gallon at free agency, and they can't, they got to give golf somebody. I think they brought in Tyrell Williams and uh, some other you know wide receiver three to start so i think they got to get him a weapon now i don't know if Devonte smith without thinius fits their culture maybe jalen waddle here but you know i can for some reason like mika parsons mm. seems like mm. a detroit lion dan campbell player doesn't he <laughs> yeah he does <laughs> he I, looks I, like he's gonna bite a kneecap he does and he's not projected to go that high at all so i i, love I know but more. You know what, i, know, I love it we were talking about this before we started there's always a pick early where it's like whoa he's, yeah he made it like, in the top what are they 10. doing yeah, <laughs> that's kind of how I feel with. Uh, I mean, Carolina. I just want to briefly mention them because you know mm-hmm. they make the Donald. They make the trade for Donald. They didn't really give up much. I think it's going to be good to see him compete. And I don't think they're. I don't believe the hype on them going for a quarterback either. I think it's either going to be help on the back end at corner with probably J.C. Horn, who who is a great corner from South Carolina, or they go on that early, huh? Or, uh, I mean, more likely is probably they go that second lineman. I mean, Sewell, if he's there, but I think the second tackle is the Northwestern kid Slater. So maybe you mm-hmm. go with that. But, I mean, I, I just think you made the trade for Donald. It's low risk. Low, it's high reward, but low risk. I don't think you go QB here. I think you ride this out, and then if it flames out, then you're back to square one in the offseason. But I think you gotta you got to build the roster. They were a solid you- team that lost a lot of close games last year as well. Well, Carolina also didn't pick up Sam Darnold's fifth-year option, which is interesting because that is t- kind of telling that they're not going to stick with him much further past this season. So, you think if Justin Fields or Trey Lance is there at eight, you don't think that they're, they're gonna they would take him? I would say no. Um, 
Wow, because I, I feel they, like they would have got more aggressive. You... I feel like they would have got more aggressive. And and okay, this, this is me hedging my bets here, but I think they would move up. I think this is a this is an area where the Dolphins or you know a team like I'd even say I'd say the Dolphins, a team could trade back if Carolina is going to move up. I just don't think they're I don't think they're aggressive. Well, I think after these guys, I think since they have so many holes in their team, they don't want to give up a lot of future capital mm, to be fair. super aggressive and go to like the top three or top even five to you know give up a future first. But I just, I, from everything you read about Carolina, it's like you know, with their with the the owner that's only been there for a couple of years now, and how aggressive they are, how analytical they are, and how aggressive they are trying to get a quarterback. It just seems crazy to me. You could still have Darnold play, you know, the season and work Fields in, and then you know, see yeah. what happens. Well, I think nine is where a quarterback's going to go. That's that's. I mean, I think John Elway, John Elway. <laughs> With his, with his stallion, with his, with his uh, hair like mane, he's looking more and more like the mascot every day. I think John Elway is going to take a quarterback at nine, and even if he has his choice of the two, I think it's going to be Trey Lance. I do too, actually, and that's and it's that's everything I'm reading. Uh, even the odds on the sports books have, I think, they uh, one of the props you can bet on is Denver Broncos first pick and Trey Lance is plus two hundred, you know, in the lead the odds so that's I, good that that is good i mean it's obviously going to dip past that atlanta pick if he's still available i i just i don't know that they take well let me ask you this do they take fields if he's the only one available do you think they still go with him i think they like trey lance i do and too i do I, I, I think so for some reason every time i do these mock drafts i always like i envision justin fields in a broncos uniform and it feels right like it feels good and then I keep hearing and keep seeing Trey Lance, that they, six foot four. John Elway likes him I tall. He likes him tall. Don't understand Trey Lance. When I watch Trey Lance highlight reel and all that other stuff, he just to me he doesn't look like a quarterback. He's kind of got like these like he's like a very rounded like stumpy dude, and he just doesn't look the part. <laughs> and, you know, obviously he had very flattering. <laughs> like thirty-one touchdowns and no interceptions or whatever it was. But to me, I don't know. I feel like he's a run first guy. Like you know, his, after his first read, then run first, uh, run second. It's just I don't know. I just I'm not feeling Trey Lance. Well, the thing about John Elway that you need to know is it's basically like he's on a dating app and he sets the filter at like six four. So it's like he's not even looking at. It's <laughs> very, very true. But I mean, Lance is an impressive guy. I think the fact that Drew Locke's not a complete bust to where they don't have to rush Lance onto the field is a good thing. And I just think if he's there, they're going to take him. I don't know that they have that same, that same, you know, love for for Justin Fields. So I guess we can wrap that discussion with this. If Fields mm-hmm. is available after nine, where do you think he goes? Uh, yeah. So the slide would definitely be gettable. Thing would be the New England Patriots at fifteen. Now, whether the mm-hmm. Patriots would trade up for a quarterback or not, I don't know. For some reason inside of me, it seems too obvious for the Patriots to do that and they never do the obvious you know I could see the Patriots ending up with like a Kellen Mund in like round two or three yeah. or you know the Kyle quarter Trask. yeah somebody like that that you're just not expecting um, but the Patriots do make the most sense and it's kind of you know Justin Fields kind of reminds me of like a smaller Cam Newton to be honest he's kind of built like him you know I, I think Justin Fields is a lot more accurate and probably at this stage in their careers fields is probably more talented 
But, you know, just it makes too much sense for the Patriots to do that. So I don't know. And if it's not the Patriots, then you maybe you're looking at somebody like the Chicago Bears or the, Ooh. you know, Washington football team. You know, I can't see him going too far down with with those teams on the board there. And who knows, man? Even think about this. What about John Gruden and the Las Vegas Raiders <laughs> oh, at 17? I was afraid you'd say that. Um, <laughs> I, I think 15 is the floor that the Patriots will take him if he's available. And I hate doing this because I say I don't like it, but I feel like somebody's going to make a move to swoop in before. You know, oh yeah. You know, they're going to do the. They're going to. They're going to. They're going to do the Mac. They're going to move in after completion and just pick up the scraps. <laughs> there you go. But, but which uh, team? But how far does he fall between before teams start to get aggressive to go up? That's well, the question. Let me ask you this because I see a number, and this is where I was really hoping to get your opinion on something else, but. You know, the Giants look like they're going to take, you know, they might take another receiver. They might, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. But the Eagles at 12. Now, Anthony Germain, you're a diehard Birds fan, and I know you don't have any poems you like to read to Howie Roseman. So we can talk about this. <laughs> There's rumors that they aren't even, you know, that they aren't even thrilled with 12 and that if the right offer, they might move down. 12-13 range seems like the place where a team could come in, get fields, get ahead of mm-hmm. of New England. No, I don't know if it's going to be the Eagles, but this is just a good segue for you to just start talking about what you think the Eagles should do and <laughs> just your 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 thoughts, your love affair for how he. Oh, it. don't even get me started on these Eagles, man. They they tanked the very last game of the season, caused the big controversy in the media to get that number six spot, to only trade back to twelve because they wanted a future first round pick. That they also fired their coach, a mid round pick, and also they're terrible at drafting. So I just don't understand why they wouldn't stay at six, especially when the first three quarter, first three picks are going to be quarterbacks, and either take Chase, Pitts, or Sewell. You can't mess that up. Now at twelve, you can mess it up pretty easily. Mm-hmm. So um, you know it's really going to depend who's there. And I actually like that idea that you're talking about. If somebody wanted to come up and trade with us at twelve and we move back to 15 or 17, I'm actually okay with that because, you know, starting here at 12 is kind of the tail end of the that top-tier talent, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I just brought that up because I wanted to hear what your thoughts were on the Eagles, of course, but also well, that, that's, thing, yeah. Well, the other thing is I personally want them to get a wide receiver, but I'm, I'm not really hot on Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith for my own reasons. I think Smith is too skinny. You know, everybody will tell you that the 166 pounds is light, whatever. The NFL is not the same as it was. It's not even that. Like, Devontae Smith didn't break out until he was, like, 21 years old. And he's he's already 22. And he's going to be pushing 23, I think, by the time week one starts. He'll be, yeah. like, three or four months removed. Like, why such the late, the late breakout? And with Jalen Waddell, he has, uh, you know, injury concerns. And I'm just not – I'm so tired of the Eagles drafting these five foot ten wide receivers. You know, I, I, I just thrive ever since the T.O. days. I just want that big guy like a Jamar Chase. Or, you know, Justin Jefferson's not like a super big guy, but he's bigger than 5'10". Yeah. And, you yeah. know, you wanted, just, I, can't, yeah. I can't do another Jalen Waddell. We just drafted Jalen Rager last year. Not that they're the same, but they're. It's, I, I need a big physical talent there. Yeah, you want you want a guy with a body that won't quit. I get it. I mean, I, yes, exactly. I get it. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm need, gonna, I need my guys to cultivate mass. Cultivate mass. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I would also say that 
I'm going to push back on Devontae Smith. I do think he's going to translate well to the NFL, and I know the late breakout was one thing. The receiving core was loaded, but you watch the game film. He was the number one guy. He was getting all the double teams. He was the one that was breaking through. Now, I agree with but you on Waddle. I agree with you on I, Waddle because, look, Waddle was open. Waddle was getting single covered the last two years. Like yeah. He was the beneficiary more so than, than his teammates, than his high draft pick teammates, I should say. Of mm-hmm. getting open more often. That's that's where I'm gonna. That's where I'm gonna. Right. Agree and with you. just just real quick on Smith, it's it's not that I don't think he'll translate, or it's not that I don't think he's a great talent. I just don't think he will work in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is not the team where you can just kind of draft a talented guy and he'll work. Like it, it, he has to work in the Philadelphia scheme, and not only that, the second he doesn't perform, the fans are going to get on him. The second he pulls a hamstring, the fans are going to get on him. Why? Why would you draft a 166 pound wide receiver and then deal with like the type of guy that could handle the Philadelphia media? And then by year three, he's labeled a bust or shipped off to another team. It's just I see that happening if they if they go with the Smith. It's just if he I, if he goes to the team like the Steelers or a team like Seattle, great. He'll probably be a superstar. I just know he won't work in Philadelphia. We forgot to mention the uh, Cowboys at ten. I actually see them taking a corner here. So I think Sertan, yeah. Sertan I think, Jr. I think that's pretty. I think that's one of the highest odds on the sports book is Cowboys taking a corner. It's yeah. like I think favored minus like two twenty. And maybe so. that's what you guys do if you stay there, whether it's Sertan or whether it's Horn. If he falls, uh, we all know the secondary could use a little <laughs> could use a little help. <laughs> so Horn Horn's grown on me. Yeah. Um, I didn't really, you know, he had, he didn't really get great grades out of uh, Pro Football Focus, and you know they're not everything, but. I think his highest grade was like in the seventies, which isn't great. But if you look at his stats and how many times he was thrown that, you know, his, it's pretty impressive. So he's grown on me a lot. I'd be okay if they take JC Horn. Um, but again, if Mika Parsons is there, I, for as many needs as the Eagles need, I'm in the boat of just the best raw talent you can get. They need to draft a player that can start week one and is a pro ball player. Like they just have to get that guy, no matter what position he is, whether it's a Rashawn Slater, again, Pro Bowl talent, probably, or a Mika Parsons. Now, with the corners, you're gambling. You look back at the corners drafting the first round, you know, it's like a 50 50 chance they bust. So, yeah, fair. for me, they, they got to get the they got to get this pick right. And, and if it's me making the pick, I'm taking a Mika Parsons or a Rashawn Slater. If Slater's there, it's hard to go wrong with that. Right. I, I mean, and, and I do like Mika Parsons as well, but, but, I, I but if not, if, if to what you were saying, yeah. if we can trade back with a team that wants a quarterback yeah. and then maybe get like I know Caleb Farley has a his back injury is concerning, but you know, he's considered one of the, these top corners in here, or, you know, if they trade back far enough, get somebody like a Rashad Bateman at wide receiver that yeah. we need. That's a good one. So that would be a very good one as well. Um I do want to talk about the Browns here before we kind of move this along to the finish line. Uh, interesting yeah. time for me to, to not be in the top you know, 20 picks or so of the draft, but there's a couple players I like, and I'd love to see them go linebacker. I'm just afraid that the guy that I really want isn't going to be available, mm-hmm. and that's the dude with the name I can't pronounce, the hyphenated name out of Notre Dame. J-O-K? J-O-K, baby. I, I really think I, – I don't think he's going to be there if I had to guess, but if he is, that would be a b- big pickup. I think the two options for the Browns are linebacker or D tackle. I think that's what okay. you got to look for. Because now this the, JOK guy, to be honest with you, he kind of came out of nowhere for me too. You know, I start looking at these drafts like pretty much 
immediately after the Super Bowl. Like right around the combine, I start diving into yeah. this thing deep. And this guy was not projected to be a first round pick. And lately, these last few weeks, he's kind of shot up the draft boards. And I just, I don't know. I, you know, I honestly, I can't even tell you anything about him. I just, I'm looking at his, his, you know, production here on PFF, and you know, his grades aren't that great, and. I just I just love these guys that come out of nowhere like in the last few weeks here. Yeah. It's, it's it's all great. It's all part of the draft. It's part of the draft for sure. <laughs> I think he's definitely a great athlete, and I think he can cover, and I think he's someone that would fit in nicely with what they want to do. Um, Jameen Davis, the Kentucky linebacker, is another one I've seen, and and I, I would definitely rate JOK over him. But you know, and now you got me. Well, saying you know what? <laughs> that guy, that guy was you know going back to the combine a couple months ago, or. Two months ago, uh, he was, you know, like you're saying, projected to be a first round pick. Now they have him sliding even into like maybe the third round. Yeah, it could happen. I mean, it's which is crazy. Yeah, you know, look, quarterbacks aren't the only players that slide. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, and honestly, like a first round grade. I mean, a lot of players have first round grades, and it just, you know, there's not enough spots for everybody. The talent's not big enough for everybody. It sounds worth to go defensive line, say an edge, edge rusher who looking after that. Man, it, I would say um, I don't know what school he goes to, but I just know his name, uh, Christian Bearmore. Do you have that info in front of you? Oh, defensive tackle from Alabama. Yeah, the Bama. There you go. Um, they cut Sheldon Richardson. Clowney's signing was nice, but it's one year, and you don't know what kind of health he's going to get. And he doesn't line up inside. Mm-hmm. The D, let, let, let me just break down to the Browns. The Browns were the best Browns team of any team I think I've ever rooted for in my life. But their defense was terrible at linebacker, and it was Miles Garrett up front. <laughs> so those are the cute, the weaknesses. It's surround Miles Garrett with some talent. Clowney signing does that. He replaces Vernon, who couldn't get on the field. Linebackers they need to address. You could go corner, but I think with Greedy Williams coming back healthy, Delpit also the safety who was out for the whole year, I think you got to at least see what you have there. But the corner wouldn't be a, a terrible one as well. You still do have Denzel Ward, who another guy that has his injury issues. I just think it's going to be defense. The offense looks great. The line was great last year. You've got to throw bodies on the back end and, and really become formidable on that unit. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you. I think that the Browns likely have to go with the defensive line or a linebacker. And yeah. the class in that position isn't really that strong this year, so... I think the I think the entire division. I mean, obviously the Bengals pick high, but I think Ravens, Steelers, Browns—they're all going defense. That'd be my bold. Well, the pick. Ravens. I'd love, to get, I'd love to get a parlay on that one going. <laughs> well, you don't. You even think so after the Ravens trade Orlando Brown Jr.? Yeah, I still think they need help on the back end. Okay, I I I think I could see the Ravens going wide receiver. They get the Which Penn State the, kid, not the other, not the really good one, but. Uh, uh, J- uh, away. Jason, Jason away. away. Yeah. yeah, but the Ravens, I have a feeling, are going to take a wide receiver, which is going to break my heart because I know, you know, for fantasy football purposes, I know they're going to end up with either Rashad Bateman or Terrence Marshall, and the Ravens is just a wide receiver graveyard, man. <laughs> and it's going to be so heartbreaking because I love both those receivers so much. I would love to see them in midnight green, but I just know it's not going to happen. You can also get uh, the other corner we didn't talk about, Asante Samuel Jr. I had no idea his kid was this old already. That's there's insane. three people. There's three guys in this draft. Certain, former, yeah, Jude, yes, uh, Samuel. Who's the third one? And Horn. 
God, that's right. J.C. Horn is uh, Joe Horn's. That's right. I forgot Fultz. about him, man. Yeah, it's it's and that that gives me pause with all these guys too. All these guys that are ranked so high, it's like, well, you know, are we overvaluing them yeah. because you know what their what their fathers did in the NFL? But hey, know, this is going to be this is going to be a weird be draft, man. Without without an official combine and uh, off of a COVID season, it, this a bunch is definitely of going to fans be going crazy. <laughs> Yeah, this is definitely going to be a unique draft. Like I don't think we've ever seen. I think we we this could be either one of the biggest bust drafts of all time, or I don't know. It's just it's there's so many question marks yeah. coming into this draft. The tape and the access isn't there. You know, last year you didn't really have a lot of the workouts because of COVID, but this year you go a full year without really having access to full game, you know, traditional game well, film. And, um, yes. Yeah. It's, it's it's absolutely crazy. Hey, last thing, last thing. We didn't talk running backs because that just tends to be how it goes. Ooh. Who do you think the first one taken is between, it looks like a two-man race, Travis Etienne and Najee Harris? And where do you think maybe they could be landing? Pittsburgh Steelers are going to take Najee Harris in the I'm first round. i going to be sick. <laughs> and it's going to be incredible. I'm going to be sick if that happens. And I actually like, I'll physically two- get ill if that happens. I actually think two running backs may go in the first round. Oh, I agree. I, I'm with you on that one. I think the Bills are going running back for sure. They might even trade up. The more, mm-hmm. you, read, the more you read about it, they love ATN. And I just, yep. I'm getting these visions in my head. I'm not even a Bills fan of just Josh Allen with, with ATN on his right hip. And boy, if you're it's in Buffalo right now, permission to, just, <laughs> permission to get turned on. It's just crazy because that's like the wide receiver thing we were talking about earlier where Buffalo has. Uh, Devin Singletary, and they drafted Zach Moss pretty early last year. You know, granted those guys yeah. haven't really panned out, but you know, you have two running backs that can mm-hmm. that are formidable. And yeah. it's, 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 is drafting a Travis Etienne is that really is that more of a luxury pick than a need? Um, but yeah, I just I like to see Javante Williams on Buffalo, <laughs> just or Pittsburgh. Wow, I like Javante Williams the best out of this crew. Um, I just, I just think he's he's powerful, and I just want to see him start trucking people at the NFL level. Well, you could get the you could get the trade up, you know, uh, you could get the trade up potential here of a team that like last year trades into the back end of the first round to swoop in to get a running back. Uh, I've actually heard rumors about Jacksonville and Travis Etienne reuniting oh my with gosh. at pick thirty three. Would the Jets dare go two offensive guys in the first round so you can trot out? You can try on a quarterback as well as a running back. Zach Wilson, a little Najee Harris action. Or the difference is with between Pittsburgh and Buffalo and a Jets is like Pittsburgh. And <laughs> yeah, that's true. And they, could, they could take a running back, um, whereas the Jets need so much help. If they yeah. take a running back, 34th pick, that just seems silly. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they'll probably end up with a, I don't know what, another wide receiver maybe at that pick. I mean, Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. I like him. I like those Ole Miss receivers lately. Yeah, he's projected man. to go to play with Tom Brady, so that's cool. <laughs> Who is? Elijah Moore? Yeah, that's one of the rumors out there. Because yeah. the Antonio Brown thing is still just weird. Wide receiver. Was Brown coming back? That'd be the telltale sign, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I saw him with Jake Paul at the UFC event on TV, so I don't know, man. But, no, I mean, I think the back end of the draft is always fun because these are the teams that are they're essentially closest or just won the Super Bowl. So what Green mm-hmm. Bay does. And, you know, that's my favorite subplot in the draft every year. It's kind of nice to watch is how will Green Bay screw over Aaron Rodgers. 
it, every yeah. year. It's, every year it's a new edition, a new new episode. So. Yeah, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of the really short speed wide receivers, and you want to talk about a really short speed wide receiver real fast is that uh, Rondell Moore coming out of Purdue, five foot seven, five foot seven though, that's 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 small. And I get that he's crazy athletic, but I would actually like to see a Rondell Moore in Green Bay line up right next to Devo- uh, Devontae mm-hmm. Adams. Whew. That would be that would be deadly. I think whoever gets Landon Dixon uh, from Alabama, the center. I know he tore his ACL. Yeah, he's a he's Landon another Dickerson's a good center. Line. You know, just I was kind of hoping. Play. I was kind of hoping that he would fall to the Eagles at the pick thirty six in the second round mm-hmm. there to, to replace Possible. Jason Kelsey because Jason Kelsey's you know he's yeah. coming up on his last days here too. So well, not on Earth. I can, well, not when Kyle Shanahan well, last days. Like he's if he was in San Francisco, maybe <laughs> he's not going to make it. Um, yeah, and centers, they can recover from, I think, you know, the recovering from the major injury, it's a little better. They don't have to worry about, you know, protecting the blind side and stuff. Um, Anthony, this was fun. Hey, love catching up, talking football. The time just flew by. Uh, best of luck to you on everything. Now now an East Coast resident, which is uh, unfortunate, but no. Uh, thanks for coming on, <laughs> and uh, appreciate talking football with you on the Money Mitch Effect. Hey, man, it was a blast. Come on anytime. Just send the invite out and I'm, I'm yours it's your I'll, world I'll send the, I'll send the smoke signal we'll get together and get some milk get some milk steaks some raw jelly beans and uh, do it big and some cheese absolutely thanks again man alright man take it easy huge thanks again to Anthony Germain for coming on today's show always a blast catching up with him he knows his draft stuff as good as anyone and we had to make the uh, Always Sunny references in there as well. You know, that's a funny part of it as well. But thanks again to Anthony Germain for talking NFL Draft. Now it's time for something different, a little surprise that I teased at the beginning. Well, UFC 261 was this past weekend. It was a great fight card. Usman with the second-round KO of Masvidal to retain his welterweight belt. Valentino looking dominant in her title defense. He had the injuries, unfortunately, so prayers up to Jimmy Crute and, of course, Chris Weidman on their leg injuries. Hope they're doing well. But what I want to talk about is the strawweight strap, the title change, as Rose Namajunas, Thug Rose, gets her belt back, defeating Weile Zhang with the one minute and 18 seconds in to become the strawweight champ. Again, the kick and the finish, phenomenal. Well, Jennifer Handel's a friend of mine. She was on this show a little over a month ago. And uh, we like to, uh, you know, talk a little trash to each other. She's a huge MMA fan, very knowledgeable, but she doesn't like the fact that I like Thug Rose. So unbeknownst to her, I gave her a surprise call, and uh, we had an impromptu 10-minute chat of basically me gloating about Thug Rose. But uh, here it is now, Jennifer Hanna, the surprise call, UFC 261, talking Thug Rose and more on the Money Mitch Effect. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Jennifer Hanna, you're on the show. Surprise. We had to talk about the. <laughs> I tried to go through straight on this, but no, I, I had to uh, finish this week's show talking. <laughs> so funny. I didn't tell you I was going to do this. Um, Doug Rose, strawweight champion. Your thoughts just proved you wrong yet again. <laughs> I mean, if that's important to you to prove me wrong, then great. Well, I didn't prove you wrong. I mean, I was right and you were wrong, but I didn't prove you wrong. She proved you wrong and among other people wrong. But you know that, you know that, uh, fun fact, I don't know if you've heard this, but 
There's only one woman ever to recapture a belt she's lost, and her name is Rose Namajunas. Uh, listen, it's great and all. Whoop de doo. She's she's just like Stipe. She's a boring champion. Okay. See, this is all right. When, when I say that about Amanda, you get upset. <laughs> but now, but now you can say that about fighters you don't like. It's funny how that works. Were you were you at least shocked though with how she won that fight? Of course I was. I mean, it was like, I mean, it wasn't like um, the one of the fights before where it was just one kick and it was all over. I mean, it was the first kick. You know, this one, I think, I think uh, Wele lasted maybe a few more seconds longer than Weidman. Yeah, I, that's rough. I, you didn't have to go there. I mean, we're just joking around. <laughs> um, no, I, I think uh, I think the funniest thing, the most telling thing, is I know you watch all the embedded. You saw when Usman was watching Rose smar- spar instead and whisper to the camera, somebody's about to get dropped. I thought that was pretty telling. Yeah, I, in hindsight, th- he was right. I think that we all talked about how good of a striker Wele was, but yeah. I, I just wonder, and it sounds like you're more disappointed in her than, you know, on, on the Rose train, which is, you know, to be expected. At this point. But <laughs> I no, mean, it was, it was, look, she, she left herself vulnerable and got finished. I mean, that's what happened. She did. She did. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's really just because you're so hyped about Rose that <laughs> that's why you just like adds her. <laughs> a little bit of extra salt and vinegar to it for me. But okay. um, <laughs> that's fair. Look, it wasn't. You know, I mean, yeah, she she did what she had to do, and she, and there she, there you go. She's now made history, right? You didn't cry a little bit when she was crying. Like you didn't cry. Like you didn't. Uh, absolutely not. No, you didn't cry when she was no. saying, "I'm the best." to Pat no, Mary, no, to Joe no, Rogan. No, because I just herself. believe that she meant, I don't think that she uh, really said it with conviction. Mm, Personally, mm, mm. I think she was just repeating him. And listen, that whole thing is weird. Oh, don't. <laughs> this is, <laughs> like, it's always, there's just lines crossed all the time. Like I can't get through <laughs> one talking point. That's how I live my life, bitch. Just I crossing cross lines. lines. I understand that. <laughs> Look, it was, a, it was a great card, not just that. I had to get my bragging off for Rose being, you know, the greatest <laughs> strawweight ever. Yes, yeah, she did. Ever. But is, it, is it over now? Is what over now? You're bragging. It, it's over for what? a little bit. I mean, if, if she wants to fight, Jay, if bit. she wants to fight your Jacek again, I mean, I didn't know they could come up with another way for Rose to beat her. But let, let's go, let's go for three, let's go for four. I don't care. Listen, um, I think, uh, I think, uh, what's her name? Um, Andrade is like, oh, I've done this before. I'll go back to Strawweight. So what, take that belt. I, by the way, that's a great, that's a great strategy of Andrade, just zigzagging to title shots left and right. Because obviously, she deserves a title shot after her perform performance on saturday well <laughs> listen how many times can you get taken down and, how many and, times can you handle get... the number one contender so what to do of course she gets the title shot how many times can you get taken down inside of two rounds we almost found out the max there because it was about seven of the exact same takedowns valentina <laughs> is you were actually right on all your predictions except for rose which obviously you're going to get that wrong because yeah. you're biased but you were right on all your other predictions Belts unlocked Thank at the you. top. Valentina yeah. is unbeatable. The other ones are locked. Valentina's unbeatable. I mean, there's yeah. nobody that can beat her except for if they want to make the Amanda fight again. Dana doesn't want to do it, but look, there's nobody that can fight either of those two. They just that person just does not exist. No, I just wonder if there's enough in it for for uh, Valentina to go up. 
I mean, yeah, it would be a double champ, but yeah, you know, she's already she's already she's already been in that fight twice. She did, already. and I think she won once, but whatever. It was uh, it's not a rivalry, and I mean, it's a rivalry in one sense, but it's not. You know, there's other divisions. There's a reason why there's divisions. I, I sound like a hypocrite because I appreciate the fact that they want to keep them in divisions and not hold up other divisions, but. You know, there, there just isn't anybody to fight them. Um, were you shocked that Usman just dropped Masvidal the way he did? Not that he won, but that he viciously knocked him out. And I think yeah. that was definitely the first yeah, knockout loss Masvidal had in the UFC. Yeah, that's what was shocking. And especially, like, it was wrestler versus wrestler. So I wasn't, um, I was a little shocked that it was mostly stand-up. But listen, just like, just like Valentina, you know, said in the, in the Embedded, she was going to beat her at her own game. And she, of course, demolishes people on the feet. And she decided not to do that this time. She decided to play Andrade's game and showed who was the better fighter. Yeah, the only thing that was a letdown was I thought Valentina was going to finish her with the crucifix. It was, like, open, and I'm like, oh, man, I, that's one of my favorite submissions. Like, probably just behind <laughs> the, the twister and the Peruvian necktie. Would probably be my of power course. rankings, but no, Valentina. It I was mean, close. It, it was, was close. really close. It was really close. It was... I I was actually. Was I mean, really Andrade funny. has to be lucky that like for all the shots she took, I thought she'd be bleeding more. Like I'd be like, wow, th- this is a miracle. This is amazing. I'm not bleeding more from the you know the elbows That's to the true. head at the end when she was defenseless. Um, I I think it didn't get very know, bloody at all. It didn't. Um, Usman. Has to fight Colby next, just because there's no one else for him to fight. Like that's the only guy left that gave him any sort of problems in the past, in the past five six years. Yeah, you're probably right. That's I mean, what's happening. I, I mean, I, I'm not excited about it. Not even as a purist. Not even as a take the the shtick and all that stuff out. You're not excited about it. No, because I'm not sure that Colby's like a real fighter. Well, like who, for you know, like you compare him to someone like Whitaker, right? Whitaker, you know Bobby he's Knuckles. a fully dedicated martial artist. Yeah, I don't get that from Colby. I think he's, I think he's bought into some of the shtick himself. Maybe uh, I don't know. I just know that the funniest concept is McGregor talking to Usman finally because that's a rough, <laughs> that's a short night and a rough night for Connor. I think I think it would go worse than the Khabib fight for him. I honestly think Usman would just torture him for two rounds before knocking him out. Yeah, I see that. I see that happening too. Well, I, I want to let you go after this brief chat, but the, the the last couple things are bad night for knee injuries. It was your leg injuries. It was just brutal. I, I thought that Crute's injury was going to be the worst thing I saw, and then two minutes later it wasn't. But that was weird. Was it weird? <laughs> yeah, you, you forgot about it. <laughs> I forgot about it. I'm like, oh, yeah. But the weird thing about me was he's trying to fight, and then they call the fight, and then he just lifts Lionheart up into the air. Like, don't you realize you have a hurt knee? What are you just giving him a bear hug for? Well, we don't need to talk about you know his potential IQ. <laughs> you're just Not judging either. a book by its cover now. You're you're doing this solely on how he looks, maybe how he talks a little bit, but mostly how he looks. It's not fair. He's probably Maybe. very bright. He's probably very bright. He just, you know, got into fight, got into that fighter mode. He just he just had the he had the adrenaline rush going. He didn't even feel his leg. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what he said. He couldn't feel his leg. I just like Lionheart as the Anthony Smith as just like the gatekeeper now. They're just like, we don't know if this guy's good. Have him fight Lionheart. Yeah, that's what it's, that's what it's uh, shown to be. 
I mean, he was winning that fight clearly a dominant first round for him. Um, you know, unfortunately, Weidman Hall, the, there was no fight. Um, the the poetry, the symmetry with how it happened, you know, when Weidman was on the other end, when Silva did that, was just spooky. And I guess props to UFC for just zooming in on Hall praying for about two minutes while the <laughs> aircast got loaded on. Yeah, yeah, because I didn't, I didn't realize that that there was um, bone poking out. Yes, that's what happens. Uh, and um, so I'm glad I didn't have to see that because I think my stomach would have had a real problem. Well, yeah, I'm glad you uh, specified exactly what would happen <laughs> if you would have seen it. That's good. That's the content we Did want. Did you see the the X-rays? No. No, I watched it live. I watched it live, and I have not. I will know, not but see the, it again unless it's surprise. Unless it just shows up on my feed somewhere. Yeah, but see, the X-ray is so much easier to look at because you're just looking inside. Anyway, <laughs> it's not good. No, no. Why would I do that? Um, all right, Jennifer. Thanks for being a good sport about this. Uh, yeah, quickly, though, what, yeah. what 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 uh, what fights are you looking forward to coming up? I know Reyes is fighting this weekend. Reyes gets Prochaska. That's a good one. Cub Swanson's fighting, and uh, obviously in a couple of weeks we got the uh, the interim the, the lightweight championship match as well. Oh yeah, no, that's the, that's the next one that I'm looking forward to. I love Oliveira. I think um, what's his name Chandler. Chandler did you know he he you know he got his shot. He did what he had to do. He won, but. He's not ready. It's, he, it's, please. Uh-uh. Oh, no. man. I think we're going to be on opposite sides of this one. I can't wait for it. Uh, Chandler does well. Oliver is going to choke him out. Chandler does well like, against BJJ guys. Maybe like five different ways. I'm not I'm not there yet, but I'm thinking about being there now just to be entertaining uh, and to disappoint <laughs> you. But I, I think uh, that's a great fight. Ferguson's on that card. That's going to be fun. You've got Leon Edwards and uh, Nick Diaz on that, or Nate Diaz on that card. I keep confusing them now that they're both actually back fighting. And, uh, I know. And uh, what's the other one? The other one is uh, the week before, we've got a return of TJ Dillashaw from his EPO suspension. Mm-hmm. Okay, not, yeah. Not ex- I'm, I'm <laughs> not, all about that one. Not excited about that one? No. Uh, no. Okay. No. Well, that's fair. Jennifer, pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate you being a good sport. And uh, we'll look forward to your fight take sometime soon. Yeah, I appreciate it, Mitch. Thanks. Huge thanks again to both Anthony, Jermaine, and Jennifer Hanna. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. I can't wait to see what the draft, how the draft shakes out. We have more sports to talk about next week, whether it's fighting, hockey, baseball, tennis. Make sure you check out the Tennis Channel Inside In podcast, also hosted by yours truly. But a lot of big sports coming up next week and in the weeks to follow, and some long-form interviews as well. So make sure you check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page and check out the Money Mitch Effect on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. I'm on Twitter at MoneyMitchM21. You can follow me there for some sports and other takes, as well as other stuff and info about the podcast. I'm Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. And until next time, keep enjoying sports.